Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. I'm really excited about this topic. In fact, you guys pretty much determine what I talk about whether you tell me or not because most of the time what determines some of what I talk about is what happens in my office every day. Okay, so... We, and I normally do a bit of an intro, and I, and I will, because I don't know who's on if I've got new members or not, so I always like to do a little bit of an intro, so if you don't know me, I'm V Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship, Family family Therapist, and Founder of Headquarters Counselling. Um, I am Passionate Advocate for Delivering Good Quality Mental Health, Personal Growth and Progress, and my mission really is to inspire people to live fully and authentically. So the community is all about learning and connecting in a way that is far less formal than traditional counselling, but underpinned by the principles that I work with in practice every day. You can find every episode available in the resources section and also on iTunes. So if you don't have time for the video, you can just skip it and go straight to the audio, which we pull out all week. We always encourage you, if you are a podcast listener, to join the group because you get access to all the resources that way. So head over and subscribe to one of them. So last year I focused specifically on anxiety and stress that was ever present and the resulting behaviours from that. This year I've taken a more long-term view of where we start the year, what happens in the middle and then rounding out the end. They're always solidly backed up by science and that is important to me because to understand the psychology behind what's happening and a way to do something different is how you get a different outcome. I am also shortening them this year because I did go over a little bit this uh, last year, but you know, that shit happens and I cannot promise you that it won't happen every now and then. So we started off with, so what, now what? And if there is one live or podcast I want you to start with, it's that one. Because not only do I want you to start with it, I want you to get into the group and engage in the questions that I set for that task. Because seriously, it sets the tone for understanding of any decisions and what you want to make before the end of this month. We followed that up with investing in yourself and what that looks like and means so that before you make your decisions, you put yourself high on the list and understand that effective and long-reaching decisions start from within. Understand what you want and why you want it. So, guess where you are now? You are at choice point. Now, a choice point is a moment in time when it is possible to choose between values consistent and values inconsistent behaviour. All right, big words. People are often aware, uh, no, they're often unaware that, no, let me start that again. People are often aware that they are stuck somewhere. They are even aware that a decision of some point needs to be made. 
they are often unaware of the choice point taking place, right? And what the, the thought of the choice point is, it's either going to take you towards or away from what you actually want. So the first task of, task of any practitioner or any good practitioner is to help someone become aware of that point. And it's not just as simple as, well, you just need to make a decision. It's not that simple. It's looking at, well, hang on, is the decision you're making heading where you want to go? So often uh, therapists will go, what is it that you want overall? All right, so human behaviour can be broadly categorised into two groups, towards behaviour and away behaviour. Towards behaviour involves actions that move someone closer to their values and the things that they want in their life. People engaging in this type of behaviour are acting in line with their values. They're behaving like the person they want to be. They act effectively and doing things that make their life better. The opposite of this is away behaviour, which involves actions that move someone away from their values and sometimes away from the very thing they want. So people engaging in this type of behaviour are acting in ways that are incongruent with their values. It's, it's not, it doesn't match. Um, they behave unlike the person they ideally would like to be. They act ineffectively. And in doing so, they make their lives worse. So a choice point, therefore, is the almost the exact moment in time when it is possible to choose between values consistent and values inconsistent. The choice point model is a really good visual to help someone become aware of the point and to begin looking at and placing the choices against the towards or away points to help them make a decision. The tool aims to empower clients to choose to engage in behaviour to live a more purposeful and meaningful life. Now, I'll give a caveat on that because those two words can really shit me sometimes because purposeful and meaningful have got this big connotation that everyone has to be, fuck, almost Mother Teresa. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to keep this really, really simple because if there is anything that I have worked with today, it is choice point. Seriously, the themes for me with people are what lead me. I think the thing that I see is it's not necessarily about people uh, choosing, making these decisions from purpose or meaning. It's simply adding purpose into the decision, making it an intentional decision, really understanding what it is they want and is it going to take me towards where I want to be or away from where I want to be. So. The choice point suggests that in challenging situations, people who become fused with difficult thoughts and feelings, where they get stuck on the difficult thoughts and feelings, are unable to connect their values, their skills and their strengths, which give rise to away behaviours. Now, the choice point suggests that in challenging, so, uh, no, contra so that's what we had you can get fused and become stuck with your difficult thoughts and feelings right and it can move you away from where you want to be contrary to this people who take a step back from their thoughts and feelings in challenging situations can often connect with their values and choose to engage in towards behavior most often because they can reflect and observe and when you can do that you don't lose perspective now, for me, a challenging situation 
often loses perspective because it is destabilizing. So it might simply be that the things that you were aiming for have been rattled because something happened that you weren't expecting. Now, in that sense, it's important to stop and go, shit, has my big picture changed as a result of this event? Or have I just lost sight of it? And what is it? I need to remind myself, what is it that I am? What is it that I want? And I always, I laughed at this today because I said to somebody, I sound like I'm talking from the Lion King, but effectively the question becomes, remember who you are. Remember who you are. So if you are, if you did grow up the Lion King, you're going to know what I'm talking about. But that is remembering who you are is what is it that makes me me and what is important to me? And am I, are my actions taking me towards who that person is or taking me away from it? All right. So in the opposite of a way behavior is towards behavior which is behavior that moves us towards the person we want to be and the life we want to have. Now, I want to be clear and flesh out the away moves a little more so that if you decide to Google more about this, you understand the tool enough to work with it in the more modern sense that it's, as it's far more helpful, all right? Away moves mean ineffective values incongruent action. So in other words, moving away from the person you want to be or moving away from the life you want to build. These away moves include both behaviours and feelings. People often get stuck here looking only at the behaviours without realising that the behaviours can come about as a result of moving away from painful, difficult or unwanted thoughts and feelings. The model I'm going to use as a handout has space for looking at both the behaviours and the feelings that we call a hook. So this is where the hook is actually the feeling, not the behaviour. The behaviour itself can often be a side effect as such. So if you weren't avoiding the feelings, the behaviours may not result. It's also important to note that away and towards moves are your perspective. They are not right or wrong. If you believe they are towards moves, then you put them on that side. So what I love about this model is that it's not a one-time throw it in the drawer, never to be looked at again type of model. You need to consistently look at it because choices change, situations change, shit happens. The beauty in it is, is that you become very aware of your choices and resulting actions. So they become intentional because you are consciously choosing them. So this means that if you have something on your towards list, but things don't quite work out the way you want them or what you thought was going to happen, you will need to go back to the model and look at what's not more working and alter it. So I'm going to give you an example. All right. So when I do this with a client, if the, if the client's behavior of going out and getting drunk with their mates is, they see it as life enhancing, great. We're putting it on the list, okay? So they now go out and get smashed every Friday night. In their eyes, this is life enhancing. It's them acting effectively. They're behaving like the person they want to be. Then it would be a towards move, even if I think or I see it as self-destructive and self-defeating. 
At the start of therapy, some clients will class certain behaviours as towards moves, even though, to me, they are obviously self-defeating. And this is really common in addictions and eating disorders. They don't come in telling me that they've got an addiction problem. What they do is they come in saying, my boss won't get the fuck off my back or my wife is nagging me to do this and I don't think it's a problem. So they don't necessarily see it. It's not my role at that point to challenge them. At this point in therapy, we just want to introduce the client to looking functionally at their behaviour. It's okay if they don't see the self-defeating consequences of a behaviour. It's a new skill and they've got to learn it. It's my job to teach them a skill, not to mark them on it. So as therapy progresses and values clarification happens in depth, some behaviours will continue to cause problems and the client will themselves become aware that it's causing a problem. Because remember, I've always said, happy people don't fucking come to see me. Nobody wants to pay me because they're happy. There is always some issue. It depends. The, what brings the client in may not necessarily be the root cause. It's just what brings them in. All right? So once they become aware... They begin to ask the questions of, well, hang on, what's happening and why is it happening? And they begin to make changes to the model for themselves. So this model of um, choice point and um, the model of change, the stages of change, which I did, a, I don't know, it, it's, it's labelled in there somewhere, they work really, really closely because often people come to me, they don't know what change they need to make and sometimes the change they think they need to make is totally not where it is. But for, for change to stick, they need to become aware of it. Okay? So if you've listened or saw the change series on change, you'll know how important this is. If you don't want the change that is being introduced, then it won't stick. You will not do it. The other thing to note is that it's not necessarily about eliminating a behaviour. It's about the freedom of choice to see something that isn't working and make adjustments to it. So utilising our example, our client may not need to eliminate alcohol, but will need to become more mindful when drinking. They will learn to implement some strategies around their drinking. And they may have a binge every now and then, which doesn't interfere with their values about themselves or the direction of the life they want. But if they continue to binge and it continues to affect their towards moves, then they're going to have to do some more work. So guess what? For most of us, our default setting is we get hooked and we do away moves. How annoying for you. Pretty good for me because people come to me because they've done something that they don't like. So as we develop our unhooking skills and we get clear about what matters to us, we find we have a lot more choice about how we respond. It gets easier for us to choose the way towards rather than away. So that's what this approach is all about. I love this technique. I use it every time with a client. Sometimes clients will have, this will be one of the first things I I pick um use as a tool and then you know two months in guess what we're back to that because all of a sudden it becomes a really good visual to show the client where they're moving away from and it's not about 
naughty boy, you've moved away. It's about, well, hang on, is this still what you want? And if it's not exactly what you want, then we need to make adjustments to your end goal. Or if it is, why are you sabotaging it? And that's when we start to look at it. All right. So basically, it's a help. It, this is about helping you get a lot better at recognizing the towards behavior. If and when that's what you want to do and to develop your unhooking skills so that you can get much better at unhooking yourself from those difficult thoughts and feelings and you don't become reliant on therapy. Because I think the model of therapy should be that it is absolutely um, something that everyone should utilize ongoing for the rest of your life when you need it. It shouldn't be something that you have to do every week for two fucking years. It's not about that. It's about how do I understand what's happening so that I can resolve it in a way that allows me to move on and live my life, okay? And every now and then you're going to get hit with a shit stick, come back, absolutely. But it should not be that it is a reliance on therapy for you to get through your life every day. Now, if we're going to have a look at... Um, towards moves, what is that going to look like? Well, it would include taking action to solve your own problems, to overcome challenges that are in your life and change those difficult situations for the better if and when they can be changed because often a situation can't be changed. It becomes looking at, well, what's contributing to the situation's stress? Can I alter those? And if you can't alter any of them, what can I add in to help with the stress I'm going to be feeling in the situation all right so let me give you a quick rundown of the hooks so this is, this is one big one big caveat essentially all emotions and feelings involve thinking so the term hook implies that thoughts and feelings are having a negative influence on behavior such that behavior becomes inflexible or rigid to such an extent that it becomes self-defeating problematic and detrimental to your well-being, which means the behavior takes you away from the sort of person you want to be, away from the sort of life you want to build. One of the most common ways we get hooked is with the agenda of emotional control. This is a good one. I must avoid or I must get rid of my unpleasant thoughts and feelings. So a lot of people will avoid the pain. That is a hook. Other people will want to eliminate them. Oh, it's a hook because with elimination, you can't eliminate thoughts and thoughts and feelings. What people do with it is they drown it or they eat it or they smoke it um, or they shoot it up sometime. Who knows? Whatever you fancy. But they are hooks to will take you away from the thoughts and feelings, which will leave you doing a set of actions that are often detrimental. Because I always say, if you're thinking it, you will feel it. And as a result of a thought and a feeling, you will do an action. So if you're avoiding a shitty feeling, you're going to have a shitty action come out somewhere, even though you don't want to or you don't think it is. Loosely speaking, when we talk about getting hooked with our thoughts and feelings, we mean that they dominate our behavior in self-defeating ways. So in their presence, our behavior becomes rigid and inflexible. The main problem becomes the narrow, rigid, inflexible behavior. So even if we look at something in terms of alcohol or drugs, say, most people know that they can be a problem, but honestly, they all start with 
um, intention of I just want to stop feeling or thinking. Often that's where it starts. The problem becomes then when the habit takes hold, it becomes narrow, rigid, inflexible. I must do it. I have to do it. I can't stop. So that's on its absolute worst in terms of drugs. And we all go, oh, yeah, but drugs are bad. But let me tell you where else that happens. Cleaning. Narrow, rigid, and inflexible. And all of a sudden, everyone says, oh, she just likes a clean house. No, the thoughts have become so problematic that it is now self-defeating in the way that it has become narrow, rigid, and inflexible. So inflexible behavior is often motivated in two ways. One, by trying to avoid or escape something you don't want. So example, drug taking motivated by trying to escape feelings of anxiety or pain. Or number two, by trying to get something you do want. So drug taking motivated primarily to have fun or to have a good time or to be to party with your friends, to fit into a social scene. Okay, so the same behaviours with different motivations. One of the main aims is to help people develop broader, more flexible repertoires of behaviour in the presence of the situation that normally tends to cue rigid self-defeating behaviours. So this is why I, well, I, I am not a, an addiction specialist. I've never been an addiction specialist. And what that does for me, I will assess whether you have an addiction because an addiction is something totally different. Addiction needs to work on elimination to get through. I don't work on an elimination model. I think taking away something from you can add more problems. It can add a different set of problems. So I don't work on elimination. I work on adaptation. How can you keep the situation but adapt it to move you towards who you want to be and, and the person you want to be or the family you want to create rather than away from it, which is causing problems? All right, so how else can you get hooked? This list is really cool because it's not what we think. So some of the hooks, constant reason giving, oh, which, is, which is excuses. Constant excuses can be a hook because it absolves you of responsibility. Rules and judgments, very rigid. It can be a hook. It can get you in there. Another hook can be the past, the future, and our self-concept. That's the way we perceive ourselves. That can be hooks because if we perceive ourselves as inadequate or inferior or as stupid or not enough, it's a big old hook, man. It's going to keep you hooked in the feelings. Another one is looking good or being right. So it's about image in that case. That's a hook. If you're doing something because of the way you think others are going to respond, you've been hooked right up the ass. Perfectionism. If you need it, you can't make a mistake. It is a hook. It leaves you with a set of feelings that are not um, beneficial to moving forward. So they become self-defeating and they become rigid. Another one is seeking pleasure, power, wealth, fame or status and other coveted goals because it's about pleasure seeking. And we've talked about this in the pleasure pain response uh, principle. Pleasure-seeking over everything else has an impulse control problem. So that is a feeling that is impulsive and it's going to cause some problems. Now, the other one, a sense of entitlement or righteousness. That is, well, 
I deserve this in terms of not self-worth or it has to be my way or the highway. They are hooks. They will keep you stuck, especially if this shit comes up in relationships. This is the sort of battle I get in relationships. Now, I did say that pretty much any emotion, so any emotion, anxiety, fear, sadness, anger, shame, guilt, greed, envy, jealousy, lust, any negative emotion that becomes ongoing can be a hook because it's either going to be avoided or it's going to be acted out detrimentally for you in relationships, whether that's work or at home. The other one is urges, cravings and desires. That's your addictions. All right, so if you're addicted to anything, it's a hook and we need to look at the thoughts and feelings. Often people come in when they want to talk about the situation. I'm all for listening to the story. But to be honest and in reality, the story is not the focus for a therapist. We don't care about the story. We care about, okay, that's the story. What's it left them with? What's their thoughts and feelings about this? Because they're either moving towards who they want to be or it's taking them away from who, who they want to be. So we know there's a hook. People are often caught up on the story. And sometimes, well, a good therapist, well, I have the what is commonly called the sledgehammer approach. So I go, stop, stop, don't want to hear about story, love your story, but let's have a look at this because this is not going to help. The story's not going to help you. We need to look at this, right? Now, people who don't like the sledgehammer approach don't find me. It's a perfect scenario, really. So people who come to me eventually are like, thank God, we're looking. I'm sick of telling the story. I say, great, because I'm sick of hearing it. Let's get to work, all right? Now, I'm going to go back to unhooking skills. Unhooking skills, in the sense, can help us notice our thoughts and feelings and reduce their dominance over our behaviour. They help us respond more flexibly to thoughts and feelings that typically trigger rigid, self-defeating behavioural problems. And guess what? We have actually covered most of these in our previous topics. Things like mindfulness, self-compassion. These are the skills that can help us unhook when we realise we are hooked. My team will be posting tonight, I think, a visual of the choice point model. And it's going to do it there because I want you to use this to consider a current difficult situation in your life. There are six steps to help you explore the different ways in which you can manage it. So use this video or the podcast as a guide. So I'm not even going to read the points out to you. You're going to see them there. You're going to be able to do it. You can apply this. You don't have to apply this. I want you to look at a difficult situation and I want you to really focus, where do I want to be at the end of this 12 months? Because that's the big picture I want you to see. And, and really, I'd really like you to sum that up in three words. Right? So if I was to look at this and I go, right, what is an overarching goal for me personally for the next 12 months? It would be, if I did it in three words, it would be um, clear, direction, and calm. Because some of you will know, I've had a lot of crazy in my life in the last three years. It's been a big um, 
I've, pro I've talked about it before with my son and his treatment. Now, that was a three-year treatment, right? So guess where we are? We're at three years. I've, we've got about six months left of his treatment. Now, most people are really excited about that, but I'm really shitting myself because when you're in that world, everyone's focused on, on looking out for him. Everyone's got eyes on him, and that's great, except that when it's finished, I've gone, oh, my God, I'm the only one that's going to have eyes on him, and I've started to get nervous. Now, I need to work on that, so my, my towards point is calm. Because if I'm panicked about that, guess what? I'm moving away from who I want to be and I'm moving away from the life that we have worked really hard to create, which had fun, life and peace. We wanted to do that. So I've got to be careful and know that I can get hooked and understand what I want. So when I lose sight or when I get hooked, I, rem I look at my big goal and go, hang on a minute, what do I want? Clarity, direction, peace. That's where I'm fucking heading, okay? doesn't matter what's happening. I just need to find my spot and head towards it. And why I say three words is because if anyone's looked at a map and you've got 50 turns to do, it's really easy to get lost. Make it clear, make it quick, make it simple. That is my model. Keep it simple. All right. Now, next week... We are going to be talking about a big theme that I am seeing at the moment, which is overwhelm. Everybody is overwhelmed. We get to this point where I need to make a decision. I need to make a decision. What am I going to do? This is why I've spent a few weeks talking to you about a decision if you're going to make one. Some of you might not be making any freaking decision. No problem. But if you are, I wanted you to make an informed decision, not an impulsive reactive decision. Okay, and I want you to think big picture. I don't want you to think 10 kilos in, you know, a year. I want you to go healthy. What does healthy look like? Happy. What does happy look like? I don't know. You can pick another one. So same as the other one, I'd really like you to, when you figure out the three things that your big picture is, pop it in the post. I really want you guys to start engaging. It's a private community in here. You are an absolutely really good source for each other to have a little bit of banter. Someone's always going to get back to you. Don't think that you're going to be like Nigel No-Mates with no one contacting you. One of us will get back to you all the time. All right? So love your work. Love you guys. I will see you next week. Ciao.